Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Today by a DMV legend, man. We got former Virginia Tech Hokie, former Paul the Six uh, WCAC legend uh, Eric Green, and um, this is obviously man a conversation that I've definitely been looking forward to having. Obviously, as a guy who's played in the league, played overseas, um, done it at a high level, man. Definitely excited to have you on, man, and um, definitely, man. Yeah, like I said, man, just looking forward to this uh, to this discussion. Uh, man, I appreciate y'all having me, man. Uh, I'm excited to talk about my journey, man, and just uh, let the viewers know, man, it's, you know, uh, about my life and how, how it's been going. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yes, sir, man. This is uh, this is another episode of the Auto Big Guys, as always. Uh, make sure you guys are liking this podcast, subscribing to this podcast. Give us a rating, man. Five stars only. That was our guy, Pull Up Tay, on the intro. He's going to be on the outro again. Make sure you guys are streaming his music, man. He just dropped the track on YouTube, actually. So illa. So make sure you guys go ahead and check that out, man. Definitely one of the best up-and-coming artists in, in, in the DMV, man. But like I said, man, we got a, a DMV legend on the podcast today, man. So definitely want to kind of get into it with you, man. Um, I want to start, obviously, from, from the beginning, man, kind of where I started. Obviously, um, I did some research, man. I, I, you know, found out that you obviously grew up in, in or you were born in Inglewood before you kind of moved to the DMV area. Uh, went to Millbrook for three years and then obviously ended up transferring over to uh, PVI. So um, first and foremost, man, just talk about growing up here in, in the DMV area, man, what that basketball hoop scene was like for you. And then um, what what kind of went into your decision to transfer into PVI for your senior year? Uh, you know, first, uh, so I'm not, I'm from Winchester, Virginia. A lot of people don't know that. Okay. Uh, like okay. you said, I was born in Cali. My mom's from uh, Inglewood, California, her whole side of the family. Uh, lived there for a few years and we moved out to this small town called Winchester, Virginia. And uh, man, I played basketball at a young age, you know, uh, but in my town, it was real small. We didn't have any real, you know, great hooping. So we came out this way to DC. Uh, you know, I started playing for Takeover and, you know, I just started, you know, learning, 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 learning. So I always have a chip on my shoulder when I play out here, you know, cause they first, they didn't really accept me, you know? So it, it kind of, you know, they were like, who's this country guy down here making all met and you know, he's not playing against nobody. Yeah. But uh, no, nah, so I always play with a little chip on my shoulder. And uh, man, the experience, like I said, man, there's nothing like, I know you grew up here around here. So, you know, like DMV basketball, I think is one of the best in the whole world. You know, I mean, we have so many good hoopers and stuff like that. And, you know, um, so I went to Millbrook for my first three years, uh, played well, won a state championship there. It was, uh, it was great. And then I just felt like it was time for me to move on to try to, you know, where I wanted to get to to play the ACC, I knew WCAC was, you know, as you know, one of the best conferences in the country. Yes, sir. So 
Um, you know, I, I got down there, Paul the Six, man. And I'm not gonna lie to you, man. You know, I, I looks good at on this paper, but I struggled the first the first two probably month two months when it's I wasn't used to the physicality. I wasn't used to the speed. I wasn't just used to it. I mean, yeah, I played AAU, but high school was just totally different. So I struggled. And I say around like Christmas time is when I finally like picked it up and started, you know, playing like myself and getting my confidence. And, you know, once we won our first state championship at Paula Six. So it was the first time ever. And then uh, we started getting good guys coming in after. And now, you know, it's, it's like a powerhouse now in the DMV area. Crazy, man. Crazy to see how far it's come. Um, now, you mentioned TakeOver, man. Uh, who were some of the guys that you played on TakeOver with? And then also, like, who were some of the guys that were kind of in that 09 high school class that you were playing against uh, in the WCAC and in the DMV area? Side note, too. So I went to Springbrook. So I'm, okay. I'm younger, a lot younger than you. Um, I graduated in 2014, but 09 was actually the year that we won our second straight state title. We went 27-0. Our head coach, Coach uh, Tom Crow, was actually the All-Met Coach of the Year that year. We wow, think, okay. I think ranked second in the uh, in the area. My man, Jamal Lassaway was- Jamal, first. I know him. Yeah. yeah, that's, yeah, yeah that's, that's, that's my big bro, man. Yeah. That's my big bro. All I remember we were guys. in the All-Met picture together. Yeah, yeah, I remember man. Jamal, man, he could play, man. Yes, sir. I remember Jamal. That's what's up, man. Uh, when I was when I was playing with Takeover, man, I had Maurice Creek. Um, you know, a heck of a player, man. You know, his injury, man. If it wasn't for his injuries, man. He'd be, I think he'd be in the lead. Um, I played with Victor. Ella, yeah, he was a bad dude. Victor Eladipo, uh, the Grant, Jerry and Grant. Um, I'm trying to think of who else. Uh, those are really kind of like the big names that we I played with. And uh, in my 09 class, so I used to go up against man John Wall, Avery Bradley. Uh, I'm trying to think who else was in there. That was tough, real tough. Uh, before Dexter Strickland got hurt, he was tough. You know, I mean, Kyrie was a year younger than me, so we got to play against Kyrie. He played up. Uh, Brandon Knight, Kenny Boyton. It was some real good bump out there, you know what I mean? Um, so I missed those days. High school basketball was love back then. Uh, for sure, for sure, man. Obviously, you know, you went on from PVI and ended up going to Virginia Tech and you had quite the story, man. I mean, it's not it's not often that you go from averaging like what two or three points per game your freshman two year. Two points, yeah. Senior year where you led the nation in scoring, average 25 points per game, man. And I'm a, a DC Warriors basketball alum. I gotta plug in my AAU program. Shout out to my head coach, coach. <laughs> and um, you know, we had two uh DC Warrior basketball alums that went to Virginia Tech, uh Nigel Munson, who was a demand guy. Yeah. And then Jeff Allen was also the mad guy that went yes. to Tech that I know you 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 play with during uh, your time there. So it was crazy for me, man, because I obviously looked up to those guys. And, you know, when they left, obviously getting to see you play was crazy. And what you were able to do over your four years at Virginia Tech was definitely like something special, man, because you don't see guys for one, especially in today's day, 2022, man, dudes average two points a game, they in the portal. You know, right, so right. Man, around. they're not sticking it out. So for you, exactly right. I kind of want to talk to you about one, just what went through your mind uh, throughout after your freshman year. Did you ever contemplate leaving? And then kind of what kind of went into just the whole transformation of your game from from two points per game to the one year, the most prolific scorer in the country, your, your, your senior year? Uh, man, honestly, um, I'm going to be real with you, man. Averaging the first two points was tough. You know, I realized like, you know, in that summertime when I was thinking like, I need to transfer, the same for me, yeah. you know what I mean? But honestly, my parents sat me down and were so real with me. They're like, yo, what are you doing down there? Are you working hard? Like, what, what are you doing? What's your priorities? Yeah. And that was a reality check in. My dad was always raised me. He's like, once you start something, you finish it. So we're not leaving. 
Like you're not down there doing the right stuff. You're not down there working your tail off. So, you know, you need to get it right. So then I remember going into that summer into my 10th grade, uh, my sophomore year, I'm sorry. Uh, I, mean, I got better. My confidence got better. I think I averaged like 10 points, something like that, whatever it was. And I'm like, all right, you know, I got to keep working. Gotta keep, I, I can work. I see the work, you know, translating. So let's keep working. And uh, one of my junior year, I kept working um, and went up to 15, came second team all ACC. Um, and then going into my senior year, um, one of the best things I ever did, man, is I got off all social media. Um, I, I really stayed in the summertime the whole time. I made 20,000 shots um, and on this gun machine it prints out the receipt. So I had to put it in this bucket every day. So my strength and conditioning coach made me a bet. He's like, man, look, I'll make you a steak dinner if you can reach 20,000 shots. And every day I had to highlight the thing, put it in the bucket. And I had to do it before summer, uh, summer session ended. So I was like, all right, bet. So I was in there every morning at seven o'clock, I'd be in there. I'd go do all my work and I'd come back in the afternoon, get my work in and get up more shots. And so I, I took it as a challenge, always being, being in the gym. And um, when I came back uh, after the summer, man, I came back playing with the guys and I just saw my game just go from like here to another level. Cause I was always in the gym. I was working, I was working, I was working. And I was like, wow, man, it really paid off. So my confidence went to another level and I had a heck of a senior season and um, I really blew up. It was, it was, it was awesome to be able to score and, you know, do the things I did accomplished. For sure. Now that's dope, man. What does that actually look like for you? Did you have like a, for, to get to that 20,000 number? Cause like, I like to think of myself, you know, as a gym rat. And for me, I, I'm, I'm a shooter. You know what I'm saying? So for me, I'm real big on like just my routine. Like I'm going in the gym, I'm doing the same thing every day as far as shooting the same shots, trying to get the same amount of reps up. So for you, like, did you have like, all right, I'm gonna shoot 500 in the morning or like 500 in the afternoon? Like, how did you kind of hit that 20,000 number? Were you just like counting every day? Like, how did that even happen? Well, honestly, I would shoot on the gun. So the gun, you know how the gun always yeah, keeps track counts. of everything. So yep. yeah, it counts everything. So what I would do is, man, I would make it. So my coach, assistant coach made me do this drill. It was a four minute drill. Um, so you're in a spot, you catch and shoot for four minutes. Boom, boom, boom. Move to the next spot for four minutes. Boom, boom, boom. I got to probably the top, I couldn't shoot no more. Like my arms wouldn't, my arms couldn't, my arms couldn't lift at all. So, you know, when I did that, I was like, oh man. So then at the, you could tell the more and more you practice, the more and more you practice. At I, I by the end of the summer, I was all the way around, just doing four minutes, catching, shooting, catching. And it was the same form every single time. So I'm like, I know how to shoot it now. You know what I mean? It's repetition, repetition, repetition. And then, you know, I would always make games out of it. He'd always make me do like, okay, we're going to make 20 coming off down screens. We're going to make 20 doing this. We're going to make 20. So every day, like, all right, we're 250 shots in the morning, 250 shots in the, in the evening. We'll make, we have to make 250 shots. Yep. So I was like, all right, bet. And then, you know, once you see the ball, as you know, as a shooter, once you see the ball keep going in and in, you know, you get it down, your confidence goes high, you know, you can really shoot the ball. Yep. And, uh, you know, I always tell people, like, don't just do spot shots. That's not, it's not realistic because a lot of times in the game, how many spot shots do you get with no contest? Exactly. Like, I mean, you know what I mean? So you're not really working on anything, you know, like work on, you know, different shots, work on harder shots, you know, work on shots that might be tough for you. But in reality, it's like, man, the game is like, oh, that's not really tough. When people are like, oh, that's tough. Like, no, that's not tough. Bro. I work on this every day. Like, you know what I mean? So it, it's, <laughs> it's like that. You know, that's when I look at like these superstars, like when they're scoring, I'm like, man, people are like, that's tough. And I'm over there like, nah, bro, they really work on that every day. You know what I mean? Like. I've seen it. I've seen Harden do it. You know what I mean? I've seen, you know, Paul George in the gym, Victor Oladipo in the gym. 
and these guys working on their game. And I'm like, this is why they make the money they are. They, that's why they where they at. So man, I, I never had this 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 question planned, but I gotta ask you because just the way the convo was going now. I mean, obviously you play at the absolute highest level, NBA, Euroleague, and such and such. Um, I was listening to a podcast the other day, and Andre Iguodala was talking, and he was talking about basically working out in the summer and like how guys really get better. And he basically what he said was most guys, when they go to the gym in the summertime, they get their workout plans. Um, and they're like, all right, you know, I'm gonna do, you know, work on a little ball handling, a little shooting, might do a little post work, might do a little bit, you know, three-point shooting, and kind of working on like a, a plethora of things. He was like, mm. but the real way to kind of get better is because they're essentially like, yo, you wanna they they're trying to take these huge leaps in one offseason, right? And what he basically said was, you know, the way he used to do it or the way guys really improve is over five or six years, one offseason, right? The whole summer, you might just work on your ball handling. Like every day, I'm going to really focus on my ball handling. And next year, I'm going to come in the gym, and I'm only going to work on my post-ups. I mean, obviously, you're still going to probably shoot, get your shots up, things like that. But the main focus of that summer is, all right, I'm going to work on my improving my, my post-up game. You know what I'm saying? And kind of incrementally, over five or six summers, you've improved on every aspect of your game, and now you have everything as opposed to, you know, kind of improving by incremental levels each summer because you're not really focusing on one specific thing. Um, and you just mentioned, like, watching those guys, you know, work out. And for you, you played at a high level for so long. Like, what do you think is the key to guys being able to take that next step um, in their game in the summer from a, a workout and training standpoint? Did you kind of have a – do you have a philosophy now for your all-season kind of things that you work out on or – kind of you have kind of a routine that you've kind of stuck to for the last couple of years and it's just kind of the same now yeah for me it's kind of the same now it's like one thing I've learned is like the best players know who they are like what do you do you know what I mean if you're not a great three-point shooter okay yeah this is the summertime let's work on that all right but also like now don't get away from what you do best you know what I mean making sure you can never be perfect you can never be great at something it's like you can always improve in something so like I agree man like ball handling it's there's all people say that at the high level, you have to do one thing good. Yeah. Find one thing good that you're good at, your niche, you know, and, and stick with it and perfect it. Perfect your craft. If you're a three and D type of guy, that's what your job is, man. Lock up and learn how to shoot the three. Knock down the three when they kick it out to you. And I think once you people learn how to perfect your craft every single summer, and like he said, if you're a shooter, man, you should be shooting it every single summer. You yeah. should be in the gym every day getting a lot of shots up, making shots. I always say make shots, don't take shots. Because once you can see the ball go through the net, you know what I mean? Anybody can take a shot and just, you know, shoot it. You know what I mean? I, I think that's just a waste of time for me. But, you know, I agree with Iguodala on that on that statement. And uh, like I said, for me, man, I, I work on, you know, I'm a shooter. You know what I mean? I got to make shots. If I take 10, I take pride in always shooting 50%, trying to make 50%. You know what I mean? That's that's my goal. And everywhere in a free throw line, I always shoot a lot of free throws. And one thing I've learned in the last two summers, man, when I watch people, passing we don't work on passing yeah. and these last two summers my trainers changed it up and i've been working on passing now and um and it's just uh it, it's 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 helped me a lot man i'm like man i can pass now you know what i mean i i see these europeans you know playing in europe man them guys can really pass the ball i'm like man like you know and i think as americans when you watch workouts man, you see people work on passing no, but there's so many yeah we don't there's so many different ways you can pass, you know what I mean, off the pick and roll when you're in the middle of a crowd with bigs around, you know, how to ball fake and stuff like that. And I think, you know, it's just little things like that that can improve your game that could really, you know, help. So one thing that I always wondered, you know, I'm, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm a follower of, of overseas basketball and things like that. You see a bunch of guys like Shane Larkin, for example, had a career in the league, 
opted to go overseas and he's been overseas ever since. Mike James has done the same thing. Um, your teammate at Virginia Tech, Malcolm Delaney, has kind of done that. For you, obviously, you know, you were with Denver um, and also had a stint with the Jazz, and then you opted to go overseas and, um, to Olympiacos. For me, I guess my question for you is what was in your, I guess, what was the thought process between, like, all right, you know, you had done the D League, you know what I'm saying? What was your thought process between, all right, like, should I stick it out in the league or am I going to just try to go overseas, you know, make this money and have opportunity, you know, where I'm probably going to have a bigger role? Um, I always wonder, like, what kind of, how do you guys make that decision to kind of what goes into making that decision to, um, I guess, go overseas or stay in the league or, you know, whatever it may be? Yeah, well, I, when I came out, man, honestly, I, I got drafted at 46, and then I, they drafted stashed me to play in EuroLeague. Um, and I'm, I'm over here in my head like, yo, what the heck is EuroLeague? League, like, what is this? You know what I mean? What's Europe? You know what I mean? I didn't know nothing about it at that time. We didn't have social media like people have it now. You yeah. know what I mean? So I was like, man, what is this? So I go over there. I'm like, man, I'm about to kill this. This is, this is going to be easy. And then you get over there and you realize, like, yo, these dudes is nice. Like, they can play. You know what I'm saying? So then, um, so that was like, I, I, that's like the NBA over there. You know what I mean? So I was like, that's cool. This is all cool. But my goal was to come back and play in the NBA here. So after that season in EuroLeague, man, I came to play with the Denver for a year. Um, that was a great experience. You know, I got to play in some games, you know, I got to play against, you know, LeBron, Kobe, Steph, all the big names. That was awesome. And then I went to spot going in my second year. I made it to like November and I got cut. Then I played in the G league, which was, you know, it was cool. I got some good runs in. I got my, you know, got to play a lot more. And then, um, you know, Utah picked me up for a little bit. And then, you know, so then after that year, I went, I had a decision to make. Uh, to try the NBA again or go to Europe. And at that time, Olympiacos offered me a lot of money. And that was the most money I've ever seen in my life. So, you know, at that time, I'm like, yeah. I'm like, man, yeah, let's go, let's go get this money. And Greece is nice. And they're like, man, if you play well, you could, you know, come back to the NBA. Right. Well, honestly, man, once I got over there, I realized like, man, I'm actually playing. I want to play. I want to get better. You know what I mean? Like, yes, I can come to the NBA and do the two way. And, you know, they've asked me to come to training camps, but it's like, I'm going to be the, you know, 13, 14th man. I was realistic with myself, you know. And then the older I got, I realized the NBA is getting younger. And I always want to, you know, I see and I want to go back so bad. I do. I want to give it another try. You know, I really do. Yeah. Um, but I, I'm happy, you know, I found my lane, you know. I'm happy, you know what I mean? You know, I'm making, you know, a career for myself. And uh, I'm doing what I, I, I'm doing what I love. So, you know, I, I enjoy it. But, you know, everybody's path is different. And, you know, I, I really do wish I could have gave the NBA one more one more push. Hey man, hey you 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 still hooping, man? I was I, I just seen you playing at uh Ben Arden, man. You still got it, so I mean, <laughs> good to give it another chance. You know what I'm saying? You could always. Would you ever would you ever consider going back or giving it another shot? I, I honestly I don't know, man. I really don't know. You know, if it was the right situation, you know, a good opportunity, yeah, I think I would. I really I would try it again. Now I'm older now, you know. I know I'm in my 30. I just turned 31, so I know you know. Still in Still in your yeah, I, I, hey, that's how I feel. I feel like that. That's I really I feel good. You know what I mean? But you know the NBA loves. You know it's different now. It's yeah. it's young. It's young. Yeah. So I guess uh, I definitely got a sense since we're on the subject, man. Um, looking back on your time with the Nuggets, with the Jazz, like you have like a I guess a favorite moment, or whether it was playing against Bron or Kobe or Steph, or just kind of um maybe a game, your career high game, like just. What was kind of just like your your favorite moment, I guess, uh, from being in the league? Or if there's more than one, um, just kind of speak on that. Uh, my first preseason game, man, we in San Diego, man. And, you know, I, as I'm a Kobe fan, 
you know? So, man, we in the tunnel stretching. I'm already nervous, heart beating. You know, I'm like, man, and, and I get to play. So, you know what I mean? I'm like, I get to go get Steve Nash, Jeremy Lin. That's this time Jeremy Lin just got with the Lakers. Yeah. Uh, so I'm like, oh, man. So we in the hallway. I see Swaggy P jumping, just being energetic like Swaggy P was. Yeah. You know, they out there just talking. And then, man, I'm like, yo, so I'm over here. Like, where Kobe at, man? Where Kobe at? Yeah. So, so Kobe didn't come out. So I'm like, oh, I guess he ain't playing today. Whatever, whatever. So the door opened and Kobe come out. I'm like, oh. Well, my team over here about to break it down. I'm like, oh, okay, I gotta go break it down. But I'm in straight start. I'm like, yo, Kobe, Kobe. So, um, but nah, man, it was, it, that, that was that was crazy for me. And then, you know, warming up and stuff. Like, man, you just see everybody's flashlight on them. You know, what I mean, I've never seen so many people like locked in on one person. Like, I, it was the most impressive thing ever for me. And so I got out there, man. I'm watching. I'm, I'm sitting there. They throw me in the game. I'm like, oh. I'm on the same floor as Kobe. I'm more excited to play on the same floor as Kobe. I'm worried about my own game. You know yeah. what I mean? But I, I finished with 12 points and five assists. I was, I was, I was happy. It was my first preseason game. Yeah. You know, uh, I remember my first shot was an air ball. I hit the front of the rim. It was real bad. I remember that. Uh, but it, it was a great experience, man. And then one of my favorite second stories is LeBron, of course. You know, we playing them on TNT, nine o'clock. I'm like, man. I'm not going to play, you know what I mean? So it's all, it's all good. Um, man, so we warming up and stuff like that. I'm laying the ball. I'm like, all right. So we get down. It's in the fourth quarter. They, uh, they're like, yo, Eric, get in. Third quarter. I'm like, Eric, get in. I'm like, Psh. Just, at that time, it was Kevin Love. It was LeBron. It was Kyrie. So I'm like, oh, man. <laughs> yeah, Mike Miller. I'm like, oh, man, this is tough. But um, so at the time, like, yeah, man, let's, let, let, I'm getting in there. So I get in there, man, I had six points, you know what I mean? Like, we almost, we come back, we cut the lead, but we lost. But just the experience being on the court with them great dudes, like them great players, man, it was unbelievable. It was unbelievable. That's crazy, man. Shoot, definitely, man, ain't too many dudes, like I said, they put on that NBA jersey, man. So you definitely, definitely one of them ones for sure, man. What would you say is the biggest difference between the NBA and uh, Europe, just from a play style perspective? Because I know... Luka Doncic has talked a bunch about it as far as, like, obviously the, the, the spacing in the NBA is a lot different. Um, the way they referee the game is a lot different. Just from your experience, what do you think is the biggest differences between the way the game is played uh, in the NBA versus in Europe? In the league, you got all that space. You know what I mean? You can't help off too much because I got too many shooters around. You know what I'm saying? So it's a lot. But in Europe, as you know, it's like college on steroids where everybody can stay in the paint. Everybody's huge. The, you know, the court shrink. And then you got six, seven playing a wing. You know what I mean? You're a big guy. So you play in a wing with your long arms, you know, it's, it's harder. You know what I mean? Where outside of the NBA, it's like, I'm one-on-one. If I get by my man, I'm at the rim. Where in Europe, I get by my man. I got help. I got to kick out. I'm at, or I see a six, 10, seven foot big dude, you know, stepping up, you know, you got to figure out different ways. Yep. Um, but so I think when, for Luca, it was, you know, he was already at a young age playing against grown men. Um, and then as you see, when he got to, you know, the NBA, it was just easy for him that all that once, he, you know, once he figured to play at his own pace and all that space he could have, I think it was really easy for him. Yeah. Now, I know you, you, you played in, in Spain in 2018 and then obviously in, in Fenerbahce 2019. Did you, did you play against Luca when, when he was over there in Spain? When yes. Uh, so I, I remember my first time out, he was 16 years old. I remember I came home after I played in Valencia, Spain, he played for Real Madrid. Yep. He, uh, he, he played, and I was like, man, I came home. I said, yo, there's this kid over here. 
named Luca. That's unbelievable. They were like, yeah, yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. yeah. No one's good over there in Europe, whatever, man. We're not hearing that, you know. I'm like, nah, yo, like, yo, he's nice. Like, if I, I don't really give a lot of people credit, you know what I mean? Like, I'm a hard critic. Like, I'm like, nah, dude, like, this dude is nice. And then once I found out he was 16, I'm like, oh, yeah, he's the good. (laughs) I was like, he's the and you could tell, like, he had all that baby, you know, weight still. He had baby weight on him. You know what I mean? I'm like, it's a big, he's a big kid, yeah. you know? And then, so that following year, the best thing that ever happened, I mean, I, for him, you know I mean? I love Sergio Yule, great player. But Sergio Yule towards ACL. So that gave Luca an opportunity to showcase his talent and become, you know, have an MVP season in EuroLeague and, uh, you know, really show out. And his confidence was through the roof. Um you know, so, I mean, it's just all about, you know, if Sergio, you never got hurt. We don't know how we would see Luca be, you know, with all that confidence and to be the way he did, dominate the way he did, um, you know, the, the year before he went to the NBA. Yep. Now, you've played in a bunch of places, Spain, Turkey, you've been to China. Like, I think what a lot of people don't kind of realize, and I talked about this on last week's podcast with James Robinson. He just actually was um, – as he just kind of retired from basketball, he's going to be coaching at Delaware. We had a mm-hmm. podcast with him last week. Um, he played in the, the Abba League last year. His team won domestic league title and all that. And we we're kind of talking about just some of the ups and downs that you kind of go through, you know, being overseas, whether it's uh, from a mental standpoint, the culture shock thing that you're going through, the language barrier. For you, like, based on your experiences in, in, in a lot of these different countries, what do you think has been, I guess, the most challenging part about about playing overseas. I mean, obviously, you know, everybody kind of knows about obviously we're, we're missing the birthdays and the holidays and being away from your family obviously sucks. But I think there's also a mental component that goes that goes uh, into that as well. But I kind of wanted to get your opinion, man, because obviously you, you've been doing this for a long time. And, you know, what do you think is, I guess, the hardest part for you uh, about just being overseas? Uh, for sure, missing my family. Uh, just missing my family and, you know, not being there, you know, for my kids. I mean, I missed the birth of my son. Uh, I missed the, you know, I missed the birth of my daughter. Um, you know, my daughter's three now. So I miss, you know, I don't, you know, I see her in the summertime. You know, for my son, I missed the first four months of his life. So, you know, that, that it's tough. But we all, as you know, we, we all do it, you know, and we, they know, they know, they understand, you know, everybody understands. Um, so that's really one of the hardest parts for me um with that whole aspect but also i tell people man how fast you adapt mm-hmm. some people are very hard-headed they want to go over there and, and do the american tendencies and not buy into their culture and stuff like that so you make it harder for yourself now if you go over there with that's not going to work you know you want to play your way you think you're gonna go one-on-one all the time as you that's not how that's not how it works over there yeah. you know what i mean like you got to go as a team eat breakfast as a team eat lunch as a team eat dinner as a team and it's different for a lot of guys. Definitely guys come from the NBA. You know, in NBA, you're on your own time. Yep. You know, you can do whatever you want anytime you want. Where overseas, you're on their time. You know, and and it's and I think people try to fight it. It's like, don't man, don't fight it, man. Go over there. The, the sooner you buy in and just enjoy yourself and make the best of it, because you're there. Exactly. You know what I mean? Then you'll be successful. Yep. You know, I think if you try to go over there and fight it, I think you won't be, it's just not gonna work out for you. Yeah, that was one of the things I noticed earlier, too. I was in Portugal last year, and, like, mm-hmm. I'll never forget, like, out of all our team dinners, uh, lunch, pregame meal, all that, like, when we – because, I mean, in college and the AAU, like, you, you get a team meal, pregame meal, you finish your food, like, all right, y'all. I'm, <laughs> I'm out, right? Yeah. Yeah. Man, over there, it's like, you. they look at you, be like, where you going? Like, you trying to get – Like, you're not 
not leaving until the whole table is done eating. Exactly right. Y'all yeah. all leaving together. People be in that joint yeah. looking at their phones like, y'all done. And then the overseas know how they be. They be getting their little yeah. coffees. Hey, man, they be taking a good old time. I'm like, bro, come on, man. We've been here for 40 minutes. I'm trying to go upstairs. I'm trying to get my nap. You know what I'm saying? Nah, yeah. real, man. That's really how it be over there. And like, so question, I'm so I'm I'm, I'm playing in, in Japan right now. And obviously, you know, Asia is a lot different than Europe just from right. a cultural standpoint, from a food standpoint. Like, I mean, I've been eating some crazy stuff over here. Like just right. <laughs> raw fish and cow tongue and- Yeah, oh, man. Nah, you know, yeah, I know, kind of the same way. Yeah, yeah. I'm gonna say, so what's like the craziest thing you've ever ate overseas? And when they brought out, you like, oh, what's this? And they said some crazy stuff like, Man, you be real with you, man. Whale dick. <laughs> man, I ain't even gonna lie to you, man. They put out this no home, no nothing. Where? Know what I mean? Where? I was, I was in China, man. I got on my phone. I, I'll send you the uh, I'll send you the video of it. I got it. It's on my it's on my story in China, man. Oh yeah, on my uh thing. It's whale dick, bro. And it looks no homo like a sausage, you know, sausage grill up. <laughs> so I'm sitting there looking. I'm picking at it, right? I'm like, oh man, it's the guy. My other American teammate laughing. I'm like, y'all laughing? Y'all laughing at? You know what I mean? He like, yo, bro, you know what that is, right? I'm like, shit, probably like some sausage or something. You know? He said, <laughs> the Chinese dudes are over there eating it, like eating. It. I'm like, yo, what are y'all doing, bro? Like, but they be eating, you know, wild yeah, stuff. Wild stuff. Wow. Yeah, what did? What was it? Did was it good at least? Like, was it like it was trash? I, like, I'm not gonna hold it. Was I? You know what I mean? <laughs> it might sound a little weird, but. <laughs> You know what I mean? Like, nah. nah, that is hilarious, man. No, I think that's really like, but I mean, you got to embrace it. You know what I'm saying? I think hey. that's, that's one thing, man. Like, you really got to embrace it. And I think, you know, for one, that shows the local guys that you're invested. You know what I'm exactly saying? Exactly right. A lot of times, that doing stuff like that, you know, eating the food that they eat, you know what I'm saying? Accustomed, like getting uh, adapted to their customs, going out with them, that can, that can honestly get you a job faster than scoring 20 or 30 points. You know what I'm saying? Yes. It's a lot of guys that can score the ball. Exactly they be right. over there in their in their in their apartments, not trying to go out and experience the culture. And right. over there, they, they take a. I think that's one thing I noticed too. Like they really take offense to that. Like it's not like they do. Kind of like yeah. oh, you do your own thing. It's like nah. Oh, you like, too good. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, you know you too good. That's one thing that I've learned over here, man. It's like you really gotta embrace that aspect of it because if you right. don't embrace that on the court aspect, then I mean they'll, they'll send you home for that, or they won't resign you to get blackballed or something like that. And you know, once you like, like once you like, kind of get out of the mix over there in Europe, you know, you don't. It's hard to get back in. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, so it's it's like people just got to go over there, man. I always say, like I told you, like I tell everybody, just embrace it, man. Enjoy it. You're over there. I understand it's long. We're missing stuff, but when it's all said and done, how many times you just say you're gonna go to Japan? You know, when you get when you get done playing, man, you might not ever make it back to Japan. You yeah. know what I mean? And you probably never even thought you was going to Japan. Never, ever. It's crazy. You know what I'm saying? Like, so the experience, you can come back and tell the stories and stuff, the wild stuff you've eaten, yep. you know what I mean? The stuff you've seen. Like, But I mean, in the, the day, you can't beat it, man. Like, you get to do something you love, At you know? All. So I think it's dope. I think I think um, that's really been the best part of it, man. I mean, I remember I was in Portugal, and you know they got the fever break. And uh, yeah. I was able to go to Milan. I'm in Milan during Fashion Week. Um, and I'm like, yo, like, I'm, I'm really out here during Fashion Week in Milan. Like, this is something people, like, dream about doing you know what i'm right, saying like, this this last weekend i was in japan and i got to see the hiroshima uh national peace museum which was where they dropped the atomic bomb bomb yeah yeah and i'm like man this is like i literally got to see the building they still have the frame above the building 
where they dropped the bomb at. And I'm like, man, like, this is something I could, I would like, I would have never dreamed about seeing, you know what I'm saying? Right. It's just a crazy experience to be able to have that. And I think that's one thing that I've started doing now is I started kind of just creating content about it, like making reels, TikToks, trying to really show people what the the lifestyle is like overseas. Cause you know how it is. You get so many, yo man, what's what's life like what's, over there, man? What's it <laughs> like? You know what I'm saying? Like how the, yeah, what's yeah. the vibes. And I, I saw, man, you actually did a, a collab with overseas fish, I think it was a year or two ago. Um, mm-hmm. during the pandemic, kind of showcasing, you know, what your what your life was like in Turkey. I think you had a little YouTube channel you were doing too, man. But you know, for you, like, kind of what went into that? Just the collab with Overseas Fits, um, and why did you think it was important to kind of show people what the day in the life of of, of Eric Green was like at at at, the, at that time? Um, because I, I, I had a lot of where I'm from, man. A lot of people ask me, like you said, you know, I'm, I'm sure all your friends, family ask you, "What's it like, man? What's it is?" So I was like, man. "Man, let me show everybody what it really is," because a lot of people think it's sweet. Yeah. You know, a lot of people don't know what you really go through. A lot of people, and I didn't get a chance to show everything, everything, I, you know what I mean? The behind yeah. the scenes stuff, you know, what we can't show. Yeah. But it was like, man, it, it's not, it's not all fine and dandy all the time. We ain't, we have bad days too. Yeah. You know, at, you know, as you know, it's just like, it's hard for us sometimes, you know? So um, I wanted to show people, and Overseas Fits does a great job of, you know, showing overseas the lifestyle, you know, showing different guys and, I just, for me personally, like what we do, eat, eat, man, we go to practice, yep. you know what I mean? Like, you know, we play, um, you know, we got a lot of pressure on us as Americans, yep. you know, cause we're, cause people can come take our job fast and anything. It's it's easy to replace it's us. Quick, right. Next quick, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> so, you know, I wanted to show people, man, like, yo, for me, like, I was in Turkey, you know, how we live, you know, what we're doing, you know, all that. And I wanted people to show like hey, young kids, man, this is what you really want to do one day, you know? And there's other ways to make money outside of the NBA because there's only 458 spots or whatever it is. Yeah. Like we can't all be in the NBA. And there's a lot of great talent who guys are overseas who play in the NBA, but are in a better situation across the water. And this is, I tell people at the end of the day, man, it's not about, you know, of course, it's great for your career to make, you know, win trophies and all that, but it's about taking care of yourself and your family, man. You know, making sure you guys are set up and you guys don't have to stress over money one day. Um, and you can, you know, do something you love. We love this game of basketball. It's blessed us. Right. You know what I mean? And, and that's why I always love to kiss the ball. Every ball I get, I love to kiss it because thank you for changing my life. Thank you. You know what I mean? Like, real. It, it, it's without you, man. I, I don't know where I would be. I don't know what I would be doing. And uh, you blessed me with a wonderful family, a wonderful house, a wonderful situation I'm in. Um, so, you know, I never take it for granted. I love playing the game. And, you know, I just hate seeing people, you know, play it the wrong way or just like, you know, miss, miss do, you know, do the basketball wrong. I'm like, man, y'all don't know what should change my life, man. Nah, for real. Um, I think one thing, too, and people, like you said, man, definitely ain't sweet, especially in nah. Europe. Man, you got them yeah. two days of practices. You got the morning joint lifts, and you got if you playing like you like you were a European competition, you might have a couple games a week where you flying and like right, yeah, it's a grind. You know what I'm saying? The coaches is not playing, especially you get Serbian coaches, AM coaches. They 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 not playing at all, man. They got that national pride, man. So it's like right. It's and um, I kind of wanted to ask you, like, obviously, from my experience, obviously being in Portugal and being in Japan is a lot different. Just the way they do things in Europe compared to Asia. Obviously, you played in, in China. You kind of had that same feel kind of in the – I guess just the difference in the basketball culture in general. Like, what do you think is, is, is kind of the biggest different differentiator between basketball in Europe versus basketball in China, whether it be 
you know, from the off the court stuff, the practicing and things like that. I would change the biggest difference, like positives and, and negatives for, for the two. In Europe, you're going to work, as you know. Like, you go, they're going to they get every dollar worth out of it. You know what every I mean? You're going to work. <laughs> work every day. You know, yeah. all, and people don't understand an off day is like you traveling. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, okay, we might get in at five o'clock. That's your off day. I'm like, man, that's not an off day. We traveled all day. You know right. what I mean? Like, it's time to relax, nothing. And come back to practice the next morning. You know what I mean? It's just like, and you know, in Europe, they practice. You know what I mean? It's, it's you're going to practice. Well, lead tape. So, yeah, take practice. And, you know, in China, it's more like, okay, you know, we need you for the night. So rest. You know yeah. what I mean? Where it's like, we get to score and shoot all the balls in China and, you know, entertain and put on a show. Where in Europe, man, it's a team-oriented game. And if you can't play that type of style, they'll replace you. It's, yeah. it, you know what I mean? It's, it's easy. If you can't figure it out, if you can't shoot the ball, you can't play in Europe. Yeah. yeah. Now, kind of bringing it all home, man. Uh, obviously, you just wrapped up a, a weekend. You know, you won the uh, championship this weekend in the uh, Kenner League. Uh, one thing I wanted to ask you, man, is like this summer, not even just in the Kenner League, because you had the uh, opportunity to play with all three of the Grant brothers uh, this summer on, on the same court doing on, on, on your team. And I've noticed just around the country, like obviously in the Brunson as well, they had uh, Montrez, Harold, Emmanuel, Quickly, Bones Highland was up there. Obviously LeBron played in the Drew out West. You got like DeJounte Murray and Trey Young and John Collins popping out the Jamal Crawford's pro-am. Like I've seen this all over the country, man. Like high level guys have been coming back to play in the summer. And like usually, Past couple years, you haven't seen that because I feel a lot of times guys are, oh, I don't want to, you know, get hurt or, you know, it's like almost like guys are above playing in like these summer programs. So for you, as a guy who, who, who obviously plays high-level basketball, what went into you you deciding to play uh, in the Kennedy League this summer? And then do you think like, I guess, what do you think has kind of gotten into, I guess, these other guys around the country to where NBA guys are popping out to these different programs and like actually showing face as opposed to in the summer where it was kind of like, these dudes acting like they was too good for it. You know, uh, it's actually funny because my homies always tell me, like, yo, bro, we, get, we don't get to see you play. Yeah. And I'm like, yeah, that's true, y'all don't. And then, you know, we had the pro-am up here, and I actually like this pro-am because it's basketball. You know, it's not one of them things where you go one-on-one, -on -one, clear out for two minutes, watch people go at it. I'm like, man, it's not basketball, man. What are we doing? Yeah, right. You know what I mean? So this was actually, you know, I got to play with the Grants, you know what I mean? Like, that was awesome. You to play with, you know, a good Jerry. Um, Jeremy's a super, like almost a superstar. He's an all-star, you know what I mean? Yeah, so yeah. watching him at 6'9", move the way he does and the way he can shoot and perform, like, man, that's special. Um, but for me, it was just like, man, I want to go out here, man, and, you know, show people like, man, hey, I'm overseas, but I can still go. You know what I mean? Like, you know, I can still play, you know, and I play at a high level. And um, and it's fun, man. You know, a lot of people don't get to see me play. People haven't said, it was like, I mean, I haven't seen you play since high school. Or, or college, you know what I mean? And I'm like, oh, it's good to see you, man. So, and I thought it was fun to play against Nigel, Nigel uh, Jake Lehman, guys in the NBA, uh, who come back and played. And I thought it was awesome, man. And I hope more and more guys next year will come out and, and play again. I have to say, why not, man? And like the NBA guys, man, he's, a lot of kids don't can't afford to come see y'all play. Thanks. You know what I mean? And don't forget where we come from. I get it. You know what I mean? We all, we make a lot of money. I get it. But also, man, like, have some fun, man. You know what I mean? Like, this is people, kids love to see this. Kids, on a Saturday, on a Sunday, nobody's doing much, you know? Why not go out and play and have some fun and put on a show and, you know, entertain people? And at the end of the day, we all love competition. This is what we love to do, you right. know? So, and for me, I love, you know, going up against NBA guys. I love seeing it, you know what I mean? Because 
Yeah. Let's go, bro. Let's have some, you know what I mean? It's all competition. It's all love. Let's just go play. Yep, yep. And we can chop it up all day, man. So I'm, I'm not going to hold you too much longer. I mean, I got one more question for you before I let you uh, get out of here, man. Um, based on your time in Europe and overseas, man, who would you say is is the best uh, American that you had to match up with overseas and then the best European player uh, that you've played against or played with during your time over, over in Europe? Hmm. Uh, probably my my favorite my favorite European player is probably Spanulis. Who is it? Uh, Vasilis Spanulis. Spanulis. Okay. Okay. Um, he was just man. He could with the ball in his hands. He was special. And when you look at him, you like man, this bald headed old. You know what I mean? Like he was slow. <laughs> like he just like he can't hoop. Yeah. But man, he was unbelievable. His confidence, the way he can hit game winners, the way he knew how to win. Yep. You know, that was that was the way to put like, you know, he knew how to win games. So it was like that was impressive. Um, you know, also, you know, watching Luca and his two, you know, playing against him for two years. That was that was special, too. Um, and another favorite one I, I really enjoy um, European wise is Nando DiColo. Mm. He, 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 he was in the league for a little bit, wasn't he? Yeah, he was in the league for Toronto Raptors. Yep. Yeah. yeah. So, um, you know, and Nando, man, he, he's, he's great overseas. He's he's a killer. Uh, he plays well, so that that was fun, you know. Uh, America wise, man, you know, of course you got the Larkin, you got Mike James. Yeah. Them dudes are fun to play. I've been playing against them for years, so it's always fun to match up with them and go at it. Um, and then, like you, I said, like you said, man, I think once you're over there, you meet different Europeans, you know, players that you're like, wow, you can play, bro. Like, you know what I mean? Like, you can really go. Like, respect, you know what I mean? So. You were bumped against uh, Mitchich from Ephesus. He played against him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So uh, what's the deal, man? Like, why is he not coming to the league? I, I'm, I'm confused about that. I, I heard he's making like one eight or two million, and I mean, he's the man over there, man. I'm not mad at him. I think it, I think he knows that the NBA, man. I think you know, like you're not gonna be the man. You know what I mean? It's not gonna be your show. Where over there, Ephesus, it's you and Larkin's show. Yeah, it's y'all's it's y'all's world over there. Real so, deal, Mitchich is he? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. He's he about six six, six five, six six. He can shoot. He plays at a nice pace. He's a big guard. Yep. Yeah, he's crafty too, man. He, I ain't gonna lie, man. He, he's nice. You think he would put in the NBA's game like the way they play? Yeah, 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 yeah. He would. He would. Yes, he would. I think he'll be. He's no Luca. No. Yep. But he could definitely play in the NBA. Yes. Or okay. Yeah. And the he's like, I'm like, I think he's like a two-time Euroleague MVP or something. Yeah, like man, he's nice. What he boy, nice. what boy you doing over there? Like, you try it out at least, you know, but. I heard he asking for that bag, though. I heard he Yeah, man. He wants, he, he, <laughs> I ain't mad at him, though. Go get paid, man. You young, man. Go get paid, man. Go get that money. I feel it, man. Man, this has been uh, an awesome time, man. Sure, I didn't even expect it for it to go this long, man. So definitely uh, want to say thank you, man. And I'm, I'm all about giving giving flowers, man. Like I said, you know, for me, it was crazy because, like I said, watching Nigel and Jeff at Virginia Tech, I was a kid, man, really been able to, like see you play, man. See see how your career took off, man, and get into the league and you know, just seeing what you've been able to do overseas, man. It was truly an honor to be able to first of all meet you uh last month, man, at the church, man, and be able to bump against you, man. That was definitely a great experience. You know what I'm saying? And uh definitely gotta just can't thank you enough for coming on, man. We had a great conversation, man. And uh shoot, man, like I said, you you definitely, you know, one of the best players to come out of this area for sure. You know what I'm saying? Definitely one of the best players I, I've had a chance to play against, man. And Definitely wishing you the best of luck, you know, with this upcoming season. Have you signed this, this season yet? Are you still? I have not yet. No, not yet. Okay, free agent. All right, so yeah, man. Yeah. Uh, wishing you the best of luck, you know, this year, man. And uh, hopefully next summer man, we can lace them up again, man, and, and get some bumping for sure. Yes, sir. 
I appreciate you having me, my man. Thank you so much. Uh, man, looking forward to seeing you. Best of luck out there in Japan, man. Stay healthy, man, and get home safe. And um, I'll see you when you get back, bro. Thank you, man. You too, guys. This has been another episode of The Auto Bid. Like I said, make sure you guys are liking and subscribing to this podcast. It goes a long way, man. This is going to be my guy, Pull Up Tay, on the outro. Until next time, folks. Take shot. I'm going to take the last shot. I'm joining the clutch, boy. You beating on me? I can tell. It's time to get a check, boy. Check, boy. You want the sideline? You ain't made the headlines. Now it's time to reject, boy. You beating on me? I can tell. What's the topic of discussion? What we talking about? Take your best shot, I'ma take the last shot, I'm drawing in the clutch, boy. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.